Father, thanks for each one of these guys who've given up uh, soft and comfortable beds to be here. Lord, these guys are my heroes. These guys are the lions of the faith who are willing to uh, go hang out with other guys to learn more about you, to study your word, and then to be men who seek to live out the truths of your word in their daily lives. So thanks for each of these guys. Thanks for this time and the privilege of being together. In Christ's name, amen. Okay, so, you know, it's always been God's M.O. Always operates on the basis of giving grace warning after grace warning before he comes down in judgment. And today we get to uh, deal with Matthew 23 where we see judgment being played out on a group of religious leaders. And, you know, there are examples after example throughout Scripture. Uh, uh, the cleansing of the temple is an example. You know, I don't know if you've looked at it, but uh, in John 2, there's another cleansing of the temple where Christ goes in and, you know, cleans house. Uh, and scholars sometimes debate on whether that's the same cleansing that there is in Matthew. I think there definitely were two different cleansings. In the first time, Christ came into his father's house and cleaned it up as a warning to the religious leaders of Israel and a warning to the nation of Israel. And the last time he came back in judgment to say, uh, this is enough. And we had the same thing uh, in confrontations with the religious leaders. You know, in Matthew 22 last week, we saw at least three different confrontations with different groups of religious leaders that the Lord had. And remember that we hear the word Pharisee today, and does it conjure up good vibrations for you when you hear the word Pharisee? I don't think so. You know, but to the first century mind, these guys were the religious rock stars. These guys are the guys that everybody wanted to be like. And it's only when Christ came along and called them out that people started to see that, hey, what was beautiful and pure on the outside may not have looked so good on the inside. I had that experience uh, yesterday. I got to spend a couple hours in the dentist chair, and you know, crowns on the outside, they look beautiful. But crowns on the inside, when you have to take one off, that's not so pretty. Uh, you know, it's just not one you want to talk about before breakfast, so we won't. Okay, so these confrontations ended with a final confrontation at the end of Matthew 22 when Christ asked the Pharisees a question. And if you remember in Matthew 22:46, it says, No one was able to answer him a word, nor did anyone dare from that day on ask him another question. So he was done. And you know, the irony of Matthew 23, it, it talks about at the beginning of it that um, the scribes and Pharisees sat on Moses' seat. And the irony is, that someone greater than Moses was standing in front of them. Someone that Moses pointed to as the coming one was standing right in front of them. And the tragedy is that they knew Christ's deeds. They had heard His words. They had had face-to-face -face dealings with Him. And they failed to recognize that He was the guy. That is a tragedy. Okay, so what do we have in Matthew 23? 
Well, we really have, in essence, a courtroom scene. Think Black Robe, a righteous judge who's getting ready to pronounce a seven-count sentence of judgment on the religious leaders of the day. That's what the picture is. And in fact, I don't know if you noticed it, but as you're reading through Matthew 23, you see the little word because. It translates a little Greek word, hadi, that means because, and sometimes it's translated for. But you see that in six of the seven woes, and the Lord not only pronounced a, a judgment on these guys, but He also marshaled the evidence against them. And so... Let's take a look at the judgment that's being pronounced against the Pharisees. Woe number one, they shut the door to heaven to others. They led their converts astray. In fact, the text says they made them sons of hell twice as bad as the Pharisees were. They were blind guides who complicated life, who took the simple truth of the gospel and they hid it behind the traditions of men and made it difficult for people to see it. They neglected the things that really mattered. They elevated the external, and they totally missed the hard issues. They were full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. And by lawlessness, we don't mean that they were lawbreakers. But sometimes it, you can be lawless simply because you become a law unto yourself. That's the Bob Crotty problem. You know, I want to run my offense. I don't want to run the Lord's offense. I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it. That's uh, just the essence of lawlessness. And they kill those who are really or who are truly doing uh, God's work. And I think that in verses 3 and 5 of Matthew 23, the Lord really captures the essence of their hypocrisy, uh, when he says that the Pharisees do, and I'm sorry, the Pharisees say things, and then they don't do those things themselves. And they do all their deeds to be noticed by men. I mean, is there a better definition of hypocrisy? I mean, it's the old parental thing, hey, kid, do as I say, not as I do. Well, that's the height of hypocrisy. And when you parent that way, that leads to problems. And when you live your life that way, as the Pharisees were doing, that leads to problems. And, you know, when I sit there and read this list, you know, I'm sitting there thinking, that's right, give it to them. These guys deserve it. These guys are, these guys are idiots. They have completely missed what is obvious in standing right in front of themselves. And so, these are bad guys. And Christ is justified in pronouncing the judgment that they deserved. Right? Well, not so fast, Kemosabi. Uh, you guys also know that Kemosabi means trusty scout, I hope. Any Lone Ranger fans in here? Come on. All right, there we go. Um, so, not so fast, Kemosabi. Uh, how many of you read Ann Piper's Journey devotional on March 29? I hope you did, because it was great. It's written on the heart of uh, the text that's in front of us. And she had a sentence in there that I read and went, whoa, she just went from preaching to meddling. And here's what she said. She said, I thought this passage was about someone else, 
until God used a dramatic turn in my life to point out the Pharisee in me. Whoa. The Pharisee in me. But you know, there's a store in Dallas. You've probably been there. It's called Hypocrites or Us. It's any church you go to. It's found at every church. It's found at this church. And you know, I know that sounds harsh about Watermark, doesn't it? You know, I I sit here and I think, well, no, Watermark's composed of guys who want to do the right thing, who want to follow hard after Christ. I mean, surely we're not hypocrites. Surely we're not modern-day Pharisees, are we? Well, let's put uh, the seven woes back up there. Surely Bob Crotty doesn't shut the door to heaven to others. I mean, man, I'm, I'm in the ministry. Yeah, but do people look at me sometimes and see the things that I do and go, hey, if that's a Christian, uh-uh, I don't want any part of that. Do I lead my converts astray? Well, when I'm not living as Christ would have me live, then absolutely. Am I a blind guide who complicates the simple truths of the gospel? Am I a guy who neglects the things that really matters? Am I a guy who elevates the external and who misses the heart issues? Am I full of hypocrisy and lawlessness? I've already confessed to that one. Oh, well, okay, now number seven. I've never killed anybody. You know, and I definitely haven't killed any prophets. But, you know, the Lord said, if you look at somebody with anger in your heart, then you've done the same thing. And I have definitely done that. And, you know, the good news today is that Sarah Crotty's not going to be able to get up here and say, okay, this guy that's standing in front of you, well, let me tell you how he really is at home. Or my kids. Or how about the wise thing I do sometimes, and I send emails to Blake that I would like to send to somebody else, and I say, hey, Blake, read this for me. Well, thank goodness Blake isn't going to be able to get up here and read those emails to you. Sit down. Um, I didn't think you were here, pal. I wouldn't have used that if I'd known you were here. And worst of all, worst of all, how about my buddy Bob Rudy? I played a lot of golf with Bob Rudy. And you know, um, um, you guys may not know this about me, but uh, in fourth grade I was benched for losing my temper in... uh, basketball games, you know, and man, I had that problem throughout uh, grade school, and I still had that problem on the golf course, don't I, Bob Rudy? (laughs) Yeah, definitely, and you know, uh, Rudy and I played a lot of golf together, most recently Tuesday night, and uh, I was playing pretty well until I went triple-double-double to conclude uh, the round, and you know... I love what Rudy does sometimes. You know, sometimes he'll just look at me, um, doesn't get disgusted or anything, and he'll just say, Crotty, do we need to pray? (laughs) 
And I have to confess, every time he's asked that question, the answer should have been yes. It wasn't always yes, but it should have been yes, because we needed to pray. Because, you know, I had lost it. Well, guys, you know, hypocrites are us. Hypocrites are me. And if you're going to be honest with yourself, you're going to be right there with me. And so I, my point isn't to condemn myself or to condemn you or to condemn any of us. But it's to challenge us as the men of Watermark to first take the log out of our own eyes. And to be willing to model humility in our daily decisions and what that looks like in daily life. And to hold each other accountable. And to hold the staff of Watermark accountable. To hold the leadership of Watermark accountable. To follow Christ. And to be biblical in all our dealings. So what can we do to keep from being a believer? So what can we do as believers to keep from being modern day Pharisees? Well, you know, it's a verse I talked about last week. Matthew 16, 24, uh, the Lord laid it out. And it's, it's not complicated, but you and I both know that it is hard. We need to deny ourselves. We need to take up our crosses. And what does that mean? That just simply means to submit ourselves to the will of God. And then we need to follow Christ. That's what we need to do to be men who are not being hypocrites. But I'm afraid hypocrisy comes naturally to me. But if I make daily decisions to honor Him in all that I think, say, and do, then there's hope. So here's some questions for your group to talk about today. Number one, how are you doing on the humble servant of all test? All? You mean even that jerk at work? I'm supposed to be his humble servant? How about uh, number two? Which of these woes strikes closest to home in your world? And finally, number three, and this is the big one, so how can we turn a woe into a well done? You know, that's what we want. We want the Lord to say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. So how can we turn something that is a woe in our life into a well done. You know, but chapter 23 doesn't end there. <clears throat> Matthew 23:37 says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her, how often I wanted to gather your children together in the way a hen gathers her chicks under her wings and you were unwilling. So the very people he has just pronounced judgment on He laments. You know, what the Lord had to say about the Pharisees in Matthew 23 broke his heart. And it still breaks his heart today when we act that way. But you know, the good thing is that God is patient towards us and He's long-suffering. He's willing that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But, you know, uh, Scott Coy's Devo today says it so well. There will come a day for judgment. Let me read you a passage from that. Scott says, One day 
There will be no more second chances for us to participate in the sharing of the good news of Jesus. No more opportunities to share our story of grace, and no more opportunities for us to love the unlovable or serve the needy. We'll have no more occasions to extend forgiveness or reconcile conflicts. But Jesus provided today to me, and future chances to share my faith are not guaranteed. Jesus could have chosen a million different ways to tell people about his love, forgiveness, and purposes, but he chose you and me, and we have been given today. And the question is, what are we going to do with today? You know, Sunday we celebrate four little words in history that change history. He is not here. He is not here for he is risen, just as he said. It's actually three words in the Greek. He is not here. Jesus wasn't in the tomb that first Easter Sunday. And as great preacher S.M. Lockridge said, the grave couldn't hold him. And he handled death just as he handled the Pharisees. And you know, I'm the beneficiary of that. And you're the beneficiary of that. And all of us together who believe in him are the beneficiaries of that. Even those charter members of hypocrites are us. We've become sons of the risen king, not because of anything that we've done, but because of his matchless grace. So guys, it's been a privilege to be up here in front of you. Um, When I prayed that you guys are my heroes, uh, that wasn't just hot air. Uh, I so appreciate seeing uh, each one of your smiling faces every week. And so it's been a privilege to be up here. Next week we'll be doing Matthew 24 and 25. But the question is, what am I going to do today? And how am I going to turn the woe that my life is sometimes into a well done? Let's close in prayer. Father, thanks for the Pharisees. Thanks for their example. And thanks for the fact, Father, that your Son, even in judgment, uh, was brokenhearted about what had happened to uh, Jerusalem and its inhabitants, what had happened as the Pharisees missed the one standing in front of them. And Lord, I am excited to say that uh, I have not missed that one, but sometimes, Lord, you know all too well that I live like that. And so, Father, call us to account. And uh, thanks for these guys who will hold me accountable. May we hold each other accountable to walk in a manner worthy of our calling, to walk humbly before you, and to love and serve others, even the least of these. In your son's name, amen.